Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 100th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds Podcast. And as you know, the theme for July is myth-busting. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the awesome Channel 4 series, We Are Lady Parts, written by Naida Manzur and Seven Reasons You Must Watch It. In fact, a friend said to me a few months ago, Leila, have you watched We Are Lady Parts? And I said, no, no, I haven't. She said, you really must watch it. We binged watch the whole uh, series and you will absolutely love it. And it's really uplifting. And indeed, she was right. And I loved it so much and felt there was so much to it that I wanted to make a podcast episode all about it, especially as a punk and lo-fi fan and as a teenager growing up in the 90s. And it's important to note as well that Muslim punk wasn't simply invented for the show. In a Galdem article by Nasia Sarwar Sukuse, she outlines the global punk scene and how Muslim punk related back to the 1940s in Egypt, the vibrant punk scene in Malaysia since the 1980s. And in the UK, as a response to Thatcher's reign from 1979, British Pakistani bands across the UK made waves. For more information on the history, do read Nasia's article and the link is in the show notes. So I don't think I'd be speaking out of turn to say that it's fair that there are so many negative stereotypes about Muslim women, from being misunderstood, assumptions about capability to open Islamophobia, women having their hijabs pulled off, etc. And of course, Islam is much more than being South Asian. Anyone from any background can be Muslim. And there does seem to be a misconception around this that Muslim equals brown skin. However, again, there is this sense of one size fits all and Muslim people are the same, wear the same clothes, do the same thing, eat the same foods and have exactly the same opinions. And of course, we know that this isn't true. And in 2017, research by the Social Mobility Commission found that 20% of people who identified as Muslims were in full-time work compared with 35% of the general population, with only 6% of Muslims breaking through into professional jobs compared with 10% of the overall population in England and Wales. The study found that 19.8% of Muslims aged 16 to 74 were in full-time employment compared with 34.9% of the overall population. And then there was some other research carried out by the Women and Equalities Committee in 2016, and it found that Muslim women are most likely to be at an economic disadvantage from being overlooked for jobs, ignored, and thinking that they're not ambitious. And I remember I had a former team member who wore a hijab and she went on a women's training program run for the higher education sector by the higher education sector and said fellow women who were meant to be supporting her when they had to work in groups on tables couldn't look her in the eye due to their own stereotypes and thinking about brown Muslim women being oppressed. It was truly pathetic and they never got the time to know her. And she is, in fact, one of the strongest, kind of loudest people that you might meet. But these assumptions and stereotypes did not help her. And as a result, she really didn't get much from the training program. So this is why programs like We Are Lady Parts are vital to provide this holistic view and the fact that being Muslim is not one size fits all. I really hope you're enjoying the content of this podcast and want to keep up to date. And if you do, please join my bi-monthly newsletter. You'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Mentally Healthy Leading Manager, and the link is in the show notes. You can also go onto my website, diverseminds.co.uk, and you'll find a pop-up where you can pop your details in and join the mailing list. Okay, let's talk about the seven reasons then. So here are my seven reasons you must watch We Are Lady Parts. 
Firstly, it's absolutely hilarious and provides an insight into the different identities and subcultures of young women who identify as Muslim. The preppy, holier-than-you crew, the punk band, Amina's parents were brilliant. The men who are kind but really can't get their act together without the women, which for me is real, but not the usual way in which Muslim men are portrayed, shall we say. And the the women really put them in their places. Secondly, is about the hijab. So, so many people feel seem to find hijabs deeply offensive, um, and I really have no idea why. Now, of course, not all Muslim women will wear them. Not all Muslim women want to. Some women wear them and then stop wearing them. Equally, some women don't wear them and then start wearing them. But I think why I mention this is because of the different styles and the ways that the headscarves are worn. So you can see Nur's headscarves very different to Amina's, to Aisha's, to Bismar's. And the term hijab literally translates to cover and can be more accurately described as a set of codes that represent modesty, privacy, and morality. Um, The most common form of practicing this belief is by wearing a headscarf to cover one's hair. But overall, the concept is pretty subjective and can be open to interpretation. So the way in which women choose to wear their hijabs and their journey is important and true to them. And of course, they're also the Muslim women who don't wear a hijab in the series like Saira. But I think it's fascinating to see the different styles. And I mentioned a few of the characters there, but even some of the characters that are part of the preppy, holier-than-thou crew, they wear their hijabs in different ways. So I think this is, again, something really important to notice. Thirdly, the music and the lyrics, I mean, come on, they are just phenomenal. And you can listen to the music on Spotify. They have their own Spotify playlist. Titles like Bashir with a Good Beard, The Observation on Culture, What It Means to Be a Muslim Woman, Ain't No One Gonna Honor, Kill My Sister, Tongue in Cheek, but it's a community talking about its own challenges through the medium of punk music. Fourthly, the different jobs they do, from halal butcher, artist, Uber driver, racy underwear shop assistant, PhD student, the influencer, and they don't all agree with each other all the time, and they don't do things the same way. Guess what? They're individuals, much like white women get given a platform to be individuals. Just like there isn't one white female experience, there isn't one Muslim female experience. And of course, there will be commonalities. As women globally, of course, we have commonalities. But I like the way that this program doesn't depict a homogenous view, like their view of success, their jobs and what they do. Fifthly, so refreshing to have something about someone's parents who are really cool. And actually, Amina's mum talks about doing things her own way, not caring about what people think. And it's not Amina's parents who want her to get married. Uh, You know, it starts by the fact that uh, Amina says, my parents have come with me this time. And normally, you know, I go on my own and her mum's like, why do you want to get married? You know, and who's going to look after your feminine needs? And, you know, the conversations that you people perceive not happening in a Muslim household and the way she sort of flirts with Ishan, um, Amina's mum, and they're over the moon that she's in a punk band. And I'm so happy to see the non-cliched nonsense about quote unquote strict or people often use the term orthodox. I don't really even know what that means. Muslim parents who are draconian and horrid and other characters don't have perfect relationships with their family, but the conversations would pass the Bechdel test, which is where two women have a conversation about something other than a man. So that I think is really really great to see sixthly the swearing and the sexuality so be warned if you don't like swearing maybe you should uh check you know check the episodes but it doesn't really bother me and the kind of perspectives on sexuality Um, yes shock horror you know brown black global majority muslim women swear and are intimate with people Uh, there's this perception that muslim women are hugely suppressed and don't have any emotions or feelings or sexuality and i think it's beautifully illustrated that this isn't the case here
And finally, it shows the everyday racism and microaggressions many Muslim women encounter, from the Uber customers asking whether Aisha's dad was forcing her to drive a taxi, to the hideous questions that the journalists ask and pushing an angle on a story and pushing people into a narrative that fits the negative stereotypes of what people want to see and read. And it also shows us that how people from within a certain community often want to play a part into this negative mainstream perceptions and narratives, as we saw with the race disparity report. So those are my seven reasons to watch We Are Lady Parts, because programs like We Are Lady Parts are uplifting, but they can also start conversations that there has never been really a space to have, change the status quo and show the individual experience within the wider community, or I should say individual experiences. The fact that it shows Islamophobia has many faces and what that looks like, it's completely hilarious. It also beautifully illustrates the kind of different source of sisterhood and how they all want to support Amina with her stage fright, how Muslim women are the ones carrying the communities, how the men are completely weak without them. I think it's illustrated quite well. And they're kind of incidental to the story. The men really are on the periphery and it is focused on the women and kind of their journeys and what they want to do. So I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you want to know more about how my coaching can help you, please check out diverseminds.co.uk forward slash solutions forward slash coaching. And I've also included a number of resources you might like. So a BBC article on the 2016 report by the Women Inequalities Commission, Naida Manzo's own article about writing We Are Lady Parts, you know, why is being honest so scary? And Mona Eltawahi's Feminist Giants article about Lady Parts and why she enjoyed it so much. And of course, the article from Galdem about the history of Muslim punk. So I really hope to see you in the next episode where I'll be talking to Raki Shah, CEO of The Circle NGO, about women empowering women. And until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.